You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we celebrated the third week of Advent and reflected on the theme of joy. This week, Pastor Josh preached from Isaiah 55. And on the podcast today, we're talking about what is meant to come everyone who thirsts, as this passage says. What does it mean to posture ourselves to hear from the Lord and to enjoy his presence? How is it that we should be accurate witnesses to what Christ has done for us and for those who have yet to accept him? And when verse 6 says, seek the Lord while he may be found, what is our role in seeking and accepting him? We're covering a lot of ground in a short amount of time today. Thanks for joining us along the ride. This is After the Message. We have 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Shortest right. podcast in the history of podcast. With the most topics that we ever had. All right. Y'all ready to roll? All right, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. Merry, Merry, Christmas. Christmas. Good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It is yeah. that. I yes. guess it is that time, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. We can see who so. the Grinch is. Chase. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> who are you going Grinch? I went looking at Christmas lights last night, so. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Did you really? Uh, wait, you just me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet your wife was fired up about that. Did you, did you see any interesting ones? We went to the one over Indian Pines, isn't that what that's called? Oh, that's where awesome. they have all the Pixar and Yeah, that's a good they're one. In a contest. They're in a national contest. The great is it national light, or state? The Great Light Fight. I think it's a national. Is it yes. national? Yeah. I saw the poster that said, hey, check us out for the light fight. It's yeah. a national. I won't, but that sounds like good. ABC or NBC or one huh. of those Can national networks. Yeah, yeah ABC, it's ABC. Down. It's awesome. We also so. got to go check out Kyle Kamek's. Yes. I've heard yes. Of his is awesome. awesome. Shout out. Yeah. Yes, Shout and out. you can, on the app, you can put anything you want to, like Website. Merry Christmas, whatever, and it comes up on the, you, on the yes. yes. Like your names? Your yeah. name's everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. great. Merry Christmas, losers. I mean, you can Whoa. do anything you want to. <laughs> Filthy is animals. Is that what you want to put? Wow. Is that what you want to do? I don't want to go look at lights with Beth. <laughs> that just came out of my mouth. I, I, I didn't even mean that. But it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, hey, Mike. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, so, yeah, good. Uh, it's going to be a good podcast today. <laughs> yes. I hope. We're caffeinated. Uh, so, um, in the room, we've got Sean Selman, Josh Braddy, Neil Marsh, Beth Bowman. With a short story. And oh, Chase yeah, yeah. Hammock. And so, uh, and Beth, ladies and gentlemen, has a short story for us. Is that possible? Yes. Do you do Seth, stories? Are we starting here a new segment? Here is my shout the... out to Seth Barnett. Oh. I went to a Dirty Santa Christmas party from his life group, which was NOSCO. NOSCO. Yes. It was so great. And so he won this toaster that you put up his bread in, and up pops the toast with Bob Ross's picture. No. It. Yeah, so I <laughs> That's stole an awesome it. Toaster. Yeah, I stole it. And uh, I gave it to, I regifted it last night to one of our grandkids. It was the hit at our Christmas party. <laughs> and so we all had to practice and put bread in the toaster and see Bob Ross's face pop up. So thank you, Seth. You made our Christmas. That's great. What yeah, I really hear was short. Fun. That was only like 25 seconds. I know. Oh, wow. I, 
I, yeah, I didn't know that was possible. I bet <laughs> Seth was really Hush. sad because I hear he's a big bit uh, Bob Roth. Bob Roth. <laughs> Seth, I have I a gift for anything. you. Seth, I have a gift for you. It's wrapped, and I'm gonna. You weren't here Sunday. Uh, I just said it. Told everybody. <laughs> oh Come boy. Sunday, I got a gift for you. Because you felt bad for stealing his gift. Yeah, yeah. I got a present for him. Yeah. Well, All the things. Well, you, to to be fair of. with Seth, if, if you know him, he's on our security detail team. Yeah, he's yeah. a great guy. Seth's kind of a big deal. And if yeah. he's usually not here, he's somewhere across the country. Yes, absolutely. Too. Doing security. Keeping our national security <laughs> as it should be. So this we're very thankful true. for him. Seth, whenever <laughs> you're back, I have a present for you. I wouldn't get is on his a, bad side if I were you. Is it a piece of toast with Bob Ross on it? It's is that actually, it is? I cannot tell you. Okay. Well, I would, you know, I would not make it a habit of stealing gifts from Seth. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can actually have whatever he needs. He was Bob Ross, <laughs> Bob Roth. All right. Bob Roth. Both, both, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So, Sunday, we were in week three of our Advent uh, season, and you preached, Josh, from Isaiah 55. Last week, we were in Isaiah 1. Yes. And then we jumped all the way to 55. We did. And uh, so... Yeah, but it was it was a good it was a good day, good good sermon. I thought yeah. you did okay. So. <laughs> Fair to Midland. Yeah, thanks. I, I thought it was a a great day. It's been one of my favorite passages to preach. There's there's a lot of times when I preach. Now I've been preaching um, in some form or fashion since I was 19. I'm 41 now. So there's a lot of passages that that I've I've may have preached or taught or or read through to teach and preach. This is one I've never read through mm-hmm. to teach or preach. And wow. so it felt so fresh oh. to read it and to preach it and to go back and do some of the background work on on why this was so mm. important mm-hmm. for the people of, of Israel and why it is important for us today. So uh, it felt really fresh to me. So very excited about it. Mm. That's good. So, well, jumping right in, I mean, if we, we kind of look at, uh, I know we got a lot of ground we'd like to cover today. I don't know if we'll have time to get to all of it, but um, jumping into verse one and two, uh, I think this came up earlier in that, and I, and I think I remember you actually saying in the message uh, that we have a, you know, because we have an invitation here. It says, come on, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. And uh, and, and so all that, so there's this invitation, but you, you also talked about our responsibility in that. Right? Yeah. Do I, do I remember that correctly? No, that, that's exactly right. But I think that that responsibility is a thread that's going to run through this entire um, prophetic word, right? And so, uh, again, for those who are listening, what a prophetic word is, particularly, uh, I would I would say, an authentic prophetic word in the scripture is when uh, a person of God would hear from God and then turn around and tell the people of God what God had just said. Um, so it's not a prophecy like I want to speak a good word over you or a positivity, positivity. Positivity saying over them. Um, essentially, Isaiah receives a vision from God, and then he turns around and tells the people, God wants to bless these people. God is inviting them in and telling them there is a time coming with the backdrop. If you go back to chapter one or go back and read, uh, listen to last week's sermon, um, there's some hard times coming for God's people. Um, but it doesn't negate the fact that the promises are still true. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the promise hasn't happened yet doesn't mean the promise won't happen exactly when when it should and as it should. Um, so there's this prophecy of of those who are going to be thirsty and those who are going to be hungry, but they don't have anything. They they're they're bankrupt essentially. And again, metaphorical here. So mm-hmm. so it's not a, a they're they're not necessarily physically hungry or physically thirsty, and they're able to come and get water and milk and wine. This is something 
bigger and, and, and more spiritually deep. Um, so for them, this, this prophecy is pointing to one that's going to come and offer these things, and it's pointing to Christ. Uh, so it, it's a really great thing, and there's a responsibility for God's people or any people to take God at his word and to receive what he has. Mm. You can certainly deny it, um, but th- this gets us into a whole other discussion that we covered in our systematic theology class. Um, it, there, there's one, only one sin that is unforgivable in the entire scripture uh, recorded, and it's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, and it's, it's essentially saying to the Spirit of God who is calling you to the Father through Christ the Son, I don't want you. I don't want anything you have. I don't want the offer that you bring. And in there, there is no forgiveness for that sin. And since there is no forgiveness and you have denied the only thing offering you that, then you stay unforgiven. Mm. Uh, And that would be blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which gets us further down the road. So this is 700 BC that this Mm -hmm. prophecy is extended. And we don't don't get that teaching until 700 years later. Mm. Um, So yeah, there's a responsibility for mankind here. That's a long way to say that. Yeah. So, so, so we talk about. Uh, I think someone brought up earlier in our pre pre podcast discussion uh, that you know so often as we look at uh, as we look at a passage like this, like we, we we focus on behavioral change, but we don't necessarily get to the root of of things. And and I think Beth, you talked about just uh, you know what we're thirsty. What are we actually thirsty mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and so what does it look like? You know, to identify sort of the the root, so we're not just we're not just targeting little um, behaviors, but but mm-hmm. but the root of our issue, right? Mm-hmm. Is that that kind of what you were talking about, Beth? I, I think so. Yeah, I think. That but was I totally me. missed that. Yeah, and I've got a great quote. Yeah, let's hear okay, it. Okay, by John Ortberg. 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 <laughs> In soul keeping, he says, "I was operating on the." unspoken assumption that my inner world would be filled with life, peace, and joy once my external world was perfect. And I said, for me, and I don't I don't want to speak for a whole gender, but I think for a lot of females, we do look at our spiritual life and our external life and think if one has worked out the external life, we've got all everything done in our life that needs to be done for husband, for kids, for work, or whatever. Uh, and then we can kind of focus on our inner life. We kind of have it backwards. Um, I do, anyway, mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. of times let me say that and so I, I think we thirst for that which gives us peace from a worldly perspective and and the, and the things that you long for aren't necessarily evil things I long for yeah. my house to be clean for instance that's not necessarily an evil thing but if I do any of those things in lieu of or with the expectation of when this is done huh. then my internal world will become important to me at that point does that make sense? Mm. Like I've got yeah. it reversed. Mm. And I think that's what Isaiah I, says is that you're, you're all thirsty. You all need this um, spiritual truth, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. this um, this soul keeping. Yeah. But we fill it with other things. Yeah. For me, it's those external that, things. <clears throat> that don't leave you fulfilled. Like don't. we think. We think they're going to. We think those things might fill us up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But – as you described, you, you described this progression too of the water, mm, the milk, the, milk the, wine. the wine, like that that whole understanding of I have, I come to Christ and I understand that He, uh, what was that? That was uh, Chase's musical instrument that he pulled out last week. <laughs> oh, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> and so, it was falling to the floor. But uh, 
but but I like the whole idea of water. Like it, yeah. it is the thing that like just sustains and yes, then right. fulfills and then the fullness of like that right. that whole progression you described is that I think often we we might come to Christ and say, "Hey, I understand you saved me," mm-hmm. but then we still spin searching for things that might fulfill Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so we forget that that christ hasn't just called us to himself once but he calls us to himself every day that's right continually and 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 it's that whole idea of i i want to be full with christ Mm -hmm. like i I want to spend time with him i want to to grow in my relationship with him and as we do that we discover this abundant life that he describes that he has for us Mm -hmm. um as we as we live out life with him and in him, right? And so, for me, I've discovered that uh, over the last year, trying to practice Sabbath, mm-hmm. that the, um, for me, that practicing of pulling away from all distractions and having a twenty-four hour window that was silent, it forced me to become aware of those very things. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow! And without that, I would just keep running on, running on to the next thing, and never actually slowing down mm-hmm. to reflect on even getting ready for sabbath uh, the first few times we did sabbath we worked to clean the house and get the work done get all the stuff done in order Mm -hmm. to do it and even in that the holy spirit was like it's not really about you having to get ready for sabbath the goal of sabbath is to understand there's always work to be done and still you rest and depend upon me Mm -hmm. and even in our first attempts to approach sabbath we were trying to get it as a reward for getting all of our stuff done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as if going to what you were saying as if that getting it all done yeah prepared me for right. Sabbath. It's oh, actually the opposite. It's actually becoming aware of all the stuff that's not done and still finding rest. Mm. That good. a lot of the work is for that's me good. has been really helpful. So mm. it's the distinction between finding peace because all of your external things are in order right. mm-hmm. uh, versus mm-hmm. peace regardless of, of how right. the external is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just the practice of uh, setting aside, sanctifying some time in our lives to to walk slowly pays dividends because for me, I'm going through a season now where I'm becoming aware of some, I have uh, in a weird way since my dad's passing um, anger that is kind of, it kind of bubbles up at weird opportunities or weird times. Uh, and I'm discovering there's some root in there about impatience or shame that for me, the issue is not the anger. The anger is the symptom of things underneath that, that I have to slow mm-hmm. down and try to mm-hmm. spend time yeah. engaging and we're not wired for that. No. So, right. so you brought up uh, you brought up Sabbath, which I think is a good segue to talk about uh, verse three here, because uh, verse three says, "Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David." Um, and so, you know, I think the question is, I mean, you know, it says, "Incline your ear to me." Um, like, what does it mean to posture ourselves to hear from the Lord or, or to be in His presence? So. And I, I think, you know, you, you've started us down that path in, in your, your conversation about Sabbath. Um, but thoughts toward that? I think there's a lot. And, and for us, <clears throat> when I use the word us, I mean us in this room, paid clergy people, um, but this is something that, that is unique. It's unique to me because I, I find myself, and I've voiced it many times on this podcast and, and many times just in, in uh, the, the, the comfort of, of these conversations, I know that I'm supposed to be in the Word and sit and rest and pray and journey. Mm-hmm. Like it, in my mind, if somebody were to ask me, I was like, "Well, what, are, what would be some of the first things you do?" I was like, "Well, get you a Bible you can understand and read. Get a journal. Um, you know, 
go, go through the here method, use different tools to get there. But I find myself whenever I put a Bible and a pen and a pad in front of me, an incredible mountain that stands before me because uh-huh. it's hard for me to take my mind out of teaching and preaching mode. Uh-huh. And it's hard for me to read that text without saying, well, I, I could apply it this way or this story would fit good here. Or what's he mean when he says this word and, and start getting so technical that I get lost in just receiving it, right? Absolutely. So for me, those moments may seem a little bit different. I don't know if they're good. It, it in many ways is a life social experiment right now for mm-hmm. me. Um, but it is just to sit in silence, mm-hmm. um, not not with a Bible in front of me, not with a journal in front of me, but to be not, not with my phone, not with a TV on, mm-hmm. not with a song playing, but just to sit in silence and and to pray and and to to be aware of of my body and of my mind and of my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, one one thing I think counseling has helped me do, being consistent in that counseling is uh, one, one of my dear friends, Lee Smith, one of my counselors, said, anytime you sit with the Lord, he knows what you feel, but you need to confess that to the Lord. And so I just sit and I confess real time, Lord, I'm happy right now, and here's what I'm happy about. Lord, I'm scared right now. Lord, I'm, I'm nervous. Lord, I'm sad. Lord, I am. And I, I just confess those things, and then what Lee told me to say, and that this was really helpful for me, Lord, what do you want to teach me with this? What mm. what are you what are you teaching me right now with this fear? What are you teaching me right now with this anxiety? What are you teaching me right now with this joy? Mm-hmm. And then we sit and we rest in it. Um, and for me, that has been far more beneficial in the season of life that I'm in than sitting with the the Bible open with a pen and a pad. I know that mm-hmm. sounds strange. Mm-hmm. I get no, it's good, but it's oh, helpful it's for me. Yeah, I, I so, think good. I think um, well, Joshua, I told you this. Um, and I don't know if I told y'all or not, but being in ministry for all of my professional career and then taking four years off when we were in Carthage and going to church or reading my Bible during the week or praying with my class, whatever it was, it was such a joy-filled occasion for me because I wasn't doing it professionally, if that makes sense. So I'm a changed person from where I was when I was out of ministry because now I'm on the third row, not because I'm the women's minister and with my Bible open, not because I'm the women's minister, listening to every word and following up with it later, not because I'm on staff here, but because I got this love for God's Word, mm-hmm. not having to teach mm-hmm. God's word, if that makes sense, I yes, know it's right. crazy, but I'm a changed person because I, I encourage people in ministry take a few years off and then come back, and then you'll just have this different perspective. Yeah. Does that make it sense? Make really sense? Good. So don't bother me during the sermon. I just want <laughs> y'all know because I'm not at work. Right. I, I want to be in good. the word. That That's good. good. I, I think I would say, f- for me, like I get that the whole idea of uh, studying to teach, uh-huh. right? But I think there's also a, a beauty in actually studying the word and the posture in our minds not being so I might teach, so I might look successful Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. studying the word of saying, I want to be enamored by who you are, God. Mm -hmm. Like, like, so as I study and I dig into those deeper things, why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Is it, is it to teach, to accomplish the task? Yeah. Or is it to actually see the beauty and the magnitude of who God is? Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that's a hard posture, I think for us as ministers to navigate. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I wish but mine yes. were the second many times, but it, it seems to be the first. And I, I know we, we say this often in ministry world, Sunday's always coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, like this morning, uh, it's it's the week of Christmas and I've committed to, to read the Christmas story every day just for the joy of it. But I found myself legitimately Luke chapter two. 
And as I'm walking through that scripture this morning, I'm like, well, you know, I could say this on, <laughs> on Sunday morning with the kids, but then, but maybe I could say it only have eight minutes on on Sunday night for the Lord's for the Lord's supper. And I'm, Josh, just sit and let it be. It's hard though. It's uh, so hard. Uh, yeah. If I could add something to Sean's on the the idea of hearing from, sitting with the Father, I think it's to be enamored by God. I think it's also for me. Um, the areas that I need further confession. Mm-hmm. I, like over the last several months, I think the, I, I, it feels like it was a complete blind spot or at least a, an immature practice. The the secret sauce of the Christian life seems to be confession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Confess your sins one to another that you'll uh, be healed. I th- man, I'm, I'm really very curious about that at this season. Um, so it is an enamor like being. I want to adore God, uh-huh. but also want a clear picture of where I don't have clean hands and a pure heart, mm-hmm. right? And begging for the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to convict, so it brings order in my life rather than hidden chaos. I, I had a question earlier that I was as you were talking about Sabbath. Like sometimes I think, like I get the whole undone, but to me, if we're willing to rest in the undoneness right mm-hmm. um it also brings awareness mm-hmm. like you just brought up that word awareness of the day-to-day like if i'm not careful i'll set aside time with god to be sabbath and not the other things and and the fact is he wants to be found also in our busyness also in the task also in the day-to-day mm-hmm. like we we we've got to be careful so to me sabbath not only brings rest but also heightens an awareness mm. of where God is in the day to day. Like we he he doesn't want to be missed, right? Um and and so there's that there's that whole idea of if we're not careful, we'll we'll do one or the other as well. And so for you, like as you think about Sabbath, how has that affected also your day to day? Right? Yeah. Um it'll I think it it is this weird no that's not true. It's not weird. It is this exceptionally um beneficial seeing things more clearly as I look toward the next week right <laughs> of where was I where am I right now what are the things that are hidden in the bushes in a Genesis 3 way where are the things that are known mm. what are the priorities um, it allows me to kind of recal- recalibrate in real time um, now I'm, I'm still really I use the word immature like I'm I feel completely like I'm a, a cult on unsteady legs, but it mm. yeah. cult, not a cult. Yeah, not, not a cult. A cult. Okay. Not a cult. Not a cult. Okay, cool. Just making sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah, no, and I, and I think all all of this stuff that we're talking about here rings true for me too. I mean, it's it's because when I don't practice, uh, you know, those those times of just stillness and meditation and and just reflecting, uh, you know, which I, I'm, I'm not great at, at Sabbath, you know, Neil, like, like you've, you've been really intentional to try and practice. Uh, but I do resonate, uh, Josh with what, what you've said just about t- trying to take moments to just be still. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, what I've found in that is, is it, you know, it, it, the Holy Spirit brings a, a more of a, an awareness to me of, the things that I'm feeling mm-hmm. and why I'm feeling them. Cause I'm, I'm really bad about, you know, not really knowing why, 
like, okay, I, I, like I feel this way, but I don't know why I feel this way. And I don't know why I'm like acting the way I am in this moment, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, in those, it's in that stillness that I become more aware of those things and, and, you know, and can confess and, uh, and have a, have a better awareness of, of just, I guess, a better self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I want to move us on, uh, to, to verses, uh, four and five, uh, because Josh, I think you brought up just the idea that, um, you know, it talks about, it talks about here, uh, you know, a witness, you know, which, which we learned on Sunday is Jesus, um, but uh, but you talked about that we are to be uh, uh, accurate reflections or accurate witnesses mm-hmm. to the witness. That's exactly right. And um, and so let's talk about that a little more because I I think you know that's uh, that's something I think about often and 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 I talk about with with our worship teams and things is you know uh, that. I want us to be uh, not just when we're on the platform on Sundays, you know, uh, but but when we leave these this building, you know, that that we accurately reflect Jesus mm-hmm. to the people that we encounter, and um, so let's talk more about that for a second. What- sure, yeah. So so going back, looking at verse four and five, they're the only two verses that start with "behold." Uh, and, and that word, and that's what the ESV translation is. But it, it's it's this idea of, hey, hey, look, this is really important. Like if if there were a moment to focus on, it, it would be here. And the promise is the one who is going to come, who's who's offering this this. If you're thirsty, come come and drink. If you're hungry, come and eat. And you don't have to pay anything because it's already been paid. But there's going to be this exchange, and I think we'll talk about that in a minute. But the promises of one who is going to come, one who's going to be a faithful witness. To the people, and, and a witness of what, I guess, would be the question, uh, and we see that answered in the person of Jesus, because uh, we know that the Word became flesh and it dwelt among us, but then Jesus, in John 14, um, says, essentially, when, when being asked, they're, they're like, tell us what the Father's like, tell us, you know, what, what's he like, what's he do, what, what, tell us more about him. Jesus said, if, if you want to know the Father, you've got to know me, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father, and essentially what he is saying as a witness is there can't be a more accurate witness and representation of the Father than is Jesus Christ. Uh, and so he's the promised witness. Then if you follow that out, again, go into more of a, not a Christmas message, but an Easter message of, of resurrection and hope, in, in Acts, 1 chapter eight, uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, there's this, this idea that when Jesus ascends back into glory, right before he does that, there is this... This admonition to the people, this mm. this um, this directive to go and to be witnesses, mm. uh, as the Spirit has given them power and opportunity in all of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, that they are now going to be the the accurate representation to the world mm. of Christ the Son and Christ the Son of God the Father, and who is going to empower them, the Holy Spirit of God, and so it's this kind of beautiful Trinitarian mm. life. That's lived for the glory of of God. Hmm. That's good. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> for me, it thinks so, and I'm not recommending this movie. My cousin Vinny is one of my favorite. Movies. <laughs> uh, I never, uh, I never thought of my cousin Vinny wow. as having any kind of sort of theological connection. Okay, here we go. Here we yeah. go. So he puts everybody on the witness stand, right? And they're simply supposed to tell what they know. And he kind of dismantles every one of them. They can't see. They don't know these things. But it's a beautiful picture of a witness. And of a witness is simply to share what your experiences has been like. That's 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 what a witness is. Yeah. And so as those positioned and called and empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
we are simply supposed to, as the witness, share our experience with Christ. And it's not just past tense. It's also where are we right now, mm-hmm. which means as we're inviting those around us, our coworkers or our neighbors or our friends into conversations, we're not supposed to say things that we don't know mm-hmm. because that's not what a witness does. A witness shares what we know and have mm-hmm. experienced. Right. Say, means, say more about that, what I we don't that. know. But what would be some of the things that potentially people would say, we would say, that maybe we have no business saying in this season of our life? Uh, I mean, there are certain things, like if we have to explain a theological premise that we don't know, we don't currently understand, it is awesome to say, man, that's a hard I question. I have no clue about that. Yeah. I would love to have coffee and like yeah. learn with you if you want to, if, if that's an important topic for you. Right. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you what I do know. Yeah, right. but let me tell you uh-huh. what my experience has been, and it's less about what I know academically yeah. and more about here's who I am. Here's who I was. Here's who I am. Here's who Jesus is. Here's who I am now. Here are the things that I'm undone on that are still works in progress that I'm practicing right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful picture of a witness. It's it's a posture of humility yeah. and confidence where there's confidence, which is in Christ, not in my performance of that. Yeah. Neil, that's beautiful. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. That All is. from my cousin Vinny. Oh. Uh, yeah, I would not recommend the movie. Uh, but, but don't watch uh, it. <laughs> but to your point, another piece of that that just shows the beauty of God's work among his people is that you're also talking about the body of Christ, the mm-hmm. church, in that when you when I take what you've experienced and what you know about mm-hmm. Christ and when I take what Beth has and what Josh and myself and Mike and Chase like when I begin to put those things together as the body, I get a full picture of like, so we are witnesses, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not dependent on this one witness, mm-hmm. but God uses his body to minister and to tell and to share this beautiful picture of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. You see, you see Christ in his fullness. He's the perfect picture of the father. But the fact is, is we'll, we'll never be that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit puts together the body as he yeah. sees fit mm. and brings mm-hmm. us together mm-hmm. to, to give a full representation of who Christ is or who God is. Time and time again, world. as I've sat like, with people and shared parts of my story, some of the undone or, or even traumatic mm-hmm. parts of the story, those are the parts that connect one right. another, not mm-hmm. the stuff that's put it's all put together. together. And it's, yeah. it's the stuff that somebody says, I would have never shared my story had you not said that about yours, right. that mm-hmm. uncomfortable piece that was a part of the story I would not want to include it. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's, but that's seeing the grace in those moments of mess and brokenness. Yeah, it takes some time to get there, though, right? Yeah. Because I, I think going back to Genesis 3, our, our default is to hide. Absolutely. We, we want people to see uh, what is good, or at least what we want them to see is and understand is good. And we don't want them to see the bad. But I think to your point and, and to your experience, the thing that we would find is it is in our declaration of this is what God has done with the all of me. Like in my brokenness and in my joy, like like both of those things are absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So when we share our true experience with a savior, and not not a theological construct of uh, here here's the systematic way to understand that, or here's a here here's three three A's that are going to lead you into this direction to know more about God. That, that may be true, but I think when we get to the scriptures and to the gospels, we have a blind man who is no longer blind. And then you have these religious leaders asking him all these questions, and he's like, "I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know who he is, I don't know what he did. I don't know. This is what I do know: I was blind, blind. but now I, I see." And that yeah. is power. Like that so. is the. the and power. I think if we're not careful as the church, we've relegated or watered down 
our evangelism to come to church rather than yeah. let me show you who Jesus is. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think coming to church is wrong. No. Or invitation is wrong. But I think there we miss we miss the power of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. To give a good and faithful, accurate witness. Mm-hmm. So hey, we've got just a just a few more minutes. Um, so hopefully, as as I set up this last topic, it it will sort of encapsulate. Encapsulate. I'm not talking very well today. You're doing great, man. It's early um, going. Keep going. Bob Roth. Uh, Bob Roth. <laughs> Bob Roth. Um, uh, and and we can maybe uh, talk about all the things that we wanted to to cover in this last little topic. Oh so, boy, that's a good topic. Um, wow. <laughs> so in verse uh, six. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Um, you made a comment uh, yesterday in your message. Uh, I don't know if this was something you had in your notes or if you just came up with this, but uh, you talked about the time to, to, to seek him is between the Advents. And uh, we're in the Christmas season. We're celebrating Advent. And, uh, and you meant by that the, the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. the Advent, the first Advent, the, the, the next Advent. This, his second coming. So right. there's this there's this frame of time where we have to uh, to seek him and to accept him. Um, so what is our? There are a lot of questions that that come up here. I think in these last several passages, um, what is our role in accepting and, and seeking uh, him? Uh, which I think maybe depending on your your theology, you know, may get into some reformed theology here. Um, uh, you know. In, in verse seven, is this a one time when when it when it says forsake? Uh, is this a one time thing? Like, is that a is that a daily thing? Um, Neil, you raised question about a heart of flesh versus a heart of stone. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of things we could talk about here. Um, but let's uh, let's spend our last few minutes uh, just just chatting. As we have three minutes, let's sure. cover all that. What is your specific question? Do you have a specific <laughs> There's lots of questions. You us we, want you, we want you to commit to the, <laughs> the mind. Right, well, let's together. start with the first question. What okay. is our role in accepting or seeking? Is this a, it says, uh, seek the Lord while he may be found. Yep. Uh, and so for remembering who context here, right? This is God speaking through God's prophet to God's people. And there's a promise of one who is going to come to be that witness, and and God is going to be near, and he can be found, right? So there is this idea, and and even going back a little bit, there's going to be nations who come to him that aren't his nations, and they're going to run to him not out of fear, but out of joy because of who the Father is and the glory that was set before them. So so there is something to a salvation, or because Sean's here, let's use a big word, a salvific moment that Ooh, is enjoyable for, for those who are going to receive. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that there is a constant seeking and, and receiving what the Lord has for you every single day, because his mercies are new every day, and we are to receive that. Mm-hmm. And we receive that as we posture ourselves before him. And I think... Um, that that you may say, well, Josh, t- tell me how to how do I do that? Like I can go and receive food that I ordered from the counter, pick it up, and grab it. Like I know I have it now. How would we do that? For for me, and this is just uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the this is thus as the Lord. And now we're just gonna go thoughts, right? So feel free to push back or have a different way. Clean it up when I mess it up. When we talk about receiving the Lord, it is receiving who He is and what He has done. Okay, so who who he is? He is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. That that is who he is, and what he has done is he is the atonement for our sin. That we can't buy his affection, 
We can't earn his affection. We can't buy his love. We can't earn his love. So in that, we say, you have done these things. I honor you as the Lord. You are the boss of my life, and I receive all that you have for me. And then we live in that truth. Mm. And, and I think there's a tension for me, and this is why I, I, I believe, for me, it's an everyday. Even though I know that's true, I know it without a shadow of a doubt that that's true, I still find myself wanting to earn my love huh. or earn God's yeah. love. Uh, and, and I want to, to earn his, his forgiveness for me because there's a lot of times I will think, Josh, you don't deserve that. In reality, I deserve nothing. Right. Nothing, yeah. not not a little bit, not not at all. But I have to receive the fact that it is completely by grace through faith mm. that I have been extended the salvation. Yeah. So so for me that that is mm. it to to receive that truth but also to live that truth. Mm. And so it is yeah. it is a grace extended and a faith lived out. Grace mm. extended by God, faith lived out by us. Yeah. It's good. That's how I would put that together. Feel I, free to I, I don't say think I would else. push back on that. I I do think in the in the context, and you mentioned it briefly, but if I go back to come and drink, mm-hmm. m- buy milk, buy wine without price, like if I, I think my first thought is, oh, it's free, mm-hmm. right? But you're buying but, something. You but, still have the but, money. But here's that. That's yeah. the thing. I think we're talking about something that is priceless, right? Like. We can't assign or think about a high enough value, which means I have absolutely nothing to obtain it. Right. And so this this thing of great worth and value is set before me, and I'm invited in, and I realize there's absolutely nothing I have that matches that mm-hmm. or is able to obtain that. And so... Um, so it's not that whole without price, like here's free. It's a, you can't think of a high enough value. Like it is priceless. And so, but come, it, yes. it's available to you. And, and so in that moment where you recognize who, like you said, who Christ is, mm-hmm. I recognize that there's absolutely nothing I could do to obtain yeah. it. Mm. That I, I have, I have to come in humility, brokenness, like ruin Yeah, to say, I, I can't. I can't get that. Yep. And, and to like, that word in the, the Beatitudes, when Jesus has the, the famous Sermon on the Mount, the very first one is, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, spirit, for theirs is the kingdom, kingdom of, God. of God. And the picture is bankruptcy, like yeah. spiritual yeah. bankruptcy. Right. I have, I don't have enough to bring to the table to get, so I'm, I'm undone. Mm-hmm. I'm ruined before you. And Jesus said, then congratulations, that's who actually gets to have uh, the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful picture. So I think our, my, I would say my response is simply to whenever the Holy Spirit convicts us, we respond. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. Whenever we, the Holy Spirit uh, moves us to respond, we do whatever that is. Mm. Um, and I think we do so. Uh, I think it was McNichol and Thrall in their book, True Faced, gave me two words that have been helpful for me. Rather than please the Father, I simply trust the Father. Mm. Mm. Uh, and in a posture of trust, it's not about me performing or pleasing. It's, it is simply a, there is a gift given to me and I trust the gift com- mm. completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. We're out of time, but, uh, mm. so, uh, but there's we, more. We, yeah. We left some <laughs> things on today. the, on the table, but that's okay. Uh, 
uh, someone once told me, always leave people wanting more. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> well, it, it's better than the, uh, than the opposite, you know. I know. <laughs> so, anyway, hey, a couple things to cover real quickly before we, uh, before we end things here. Uh, one is, if you're listening, and this is the week of, we're recording this on the week of, uh, leading up to Christmas Eve. So we want to remind everyone of our Christmas Eve schedule. We have a 9.30 a.m. service on Sunday, December 24th. And uh, that is more like what would be our typical Sunday morning worship. We want to invite you to come. It's going to be low-key. starts at 9.30. Uh, it's probably going to be about a 30 to 40 minute service. Yeah. Um, no child care. No child care. Bring your kids. Uh, we're going to have gonna be great. wassail and coffee and cookies and cookies. hot chocolate. Yeah. All but you said God honoring pajamas. Uh, I mean, I have to change now. You I don't know what I'm doing that. now. Yeah. God um, honoring pajamas. And then, I just uh, feel like that had to be said. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good thing that you said it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, and so, uh, so that is 9.30. Then at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock, p.m., uh, we will have our two Christmas Eve candlelight services, and that's when we will do Lord's Supper together. We'll, uh, we'll light candles and, uh, and have all of our typical traditional uh, Christmas Eve services. And so uh, the 4 o'clock is always packed. The 6 o'clock, there's a little more space. So if you want some space, come to the 6 o'clock. Yeah, I think, I mean, if to me, the 6 o'clock is a great time because it allows guests who may never have experienced our church to come to the four o'clock mm-hmm. and it gives some space for them. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm looking forward to going to the six o'clock yes. and uh, yes. encourage yeah. others to join me. There you go. Uh, and also we want to remind you that if you are a frequent listener, we will not be recording a podcast next week. That's the week be- between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, so uh, there will be no podcast that week. We will resume the first week of January. And so uh, we look forward to being back with you then. So I think yes. I covered everything. Way to go, Mike. Good. Good job. So, um, hey, again, always great having these conversations with you guys and um, look forward to next time. Mm, love you guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Love you too. Bye. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.